Hey everybody, welcome to the Fear the Fin cast. I'm Jacob Central Managing Editor over at fearthefin.com with Marcus White. Uh, got a lot to talk about. Not a lot of good news. Uh, what do you want to? Which bad news yeah. thing do you want to talk about first? Bad news. Where are we starting on this March 27th, uh, 2017 edition of the Fear the Fin cast? Um, <laughs> at the of- time at 7:12 p.m. Pacific time. Yes. is the bad news. Yeah, this is the. Uh, and then is, uh, the murders began. Well, I think we, this is, start with, we start with the giant shark in the room, which is the Sharks, what is now a six game losing streak. Uh, you know, we weren't too concerned following the losses to Minnesota and Dallas. Uh, I think it's fair to say, following the losses to uh, Dallas and Nashville, that we are very <laughs> concerned. Uh, and that's even more, <laughs> The concern is heightened. That's before you take into account the uh, the injury news, you know, some of the, the stuff we found uh, and you wrote about on Vlasic, too, as well as the the Haley suspension. So a lot to talk about, a lot to get through. So I think we should just, I mean, I guess start with those Nashville and Dallas games. I, I'm not really sure how much more there is to say other than the fact that they, they played terribly uh, both nights. I think the first night, I think, is probably, well, I, they're both bad. This is not to say that one is less inexcusable than the other, but at least the second night is a little more understandable. I don't think they played poorly the second night. The game just kind of got out of hand, and DeBoer even said as much in the post game. He's like, I actually think we played better than the first the, the game last night, so he doesn't really look at the score. Um, but, you know, the players were asked after the game, and rightfully so. They're like, so if yesterday didn't wake you guys up on Friday night with a 6-1 to one loss, like, what's it gonna, what's it going to take? Kind of a thing, and that's a very fair question. I, I do think some of the issues that have happened, though, of course, are just things from personnel. Carlson are three very important players with Vlasic skills this season. They're a worse team without him in the lineup, I think. Um, so that, yeah, that's not good. Uh, and then, of course, you have the added uh, benefit, or I shouldn't say benefit. That was uh, said with my tongue firmly in cheek. Of Logan Couture set to miss some time here. Uh, taking a puck to the face. Uh, they said it's not as bad as it initially looked, but he has to get some dental work done. Um, there was no update on his timeline today, so we'll see what happens. And, of course, they're going to be without Michael Haley after Haley uh, punched uh, Yarncruck after uh, Yarncruck boarded him. Uh, not been a great five days uh, for the San Jose Sharks, I think that's fair to say. I think you can stretch that back even further than that. It's not been a great couple of weeks. It's yes. just not. It's been real bad. Uh, it's just been compounded, I think, recently, obviously. And, you know, I think that we could probably – the the worst potential news is probably the Couture news because I think that while the team is couching the concern now, um, Joe Pavelski had a quote that was – and I believe – and I, I, I'll say I'm paraphrasing, but this is pretty close. He to said I'm not quote. a doctor, but I think he'll be back. <laughs> I think he'll be back with the team soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good, man. You know, uh, more did say the swelling went down, you know, or did add in his, his presser. But we don't, we, we, right. Right. You know, and I think it's, it's fair to fair to say that all information from the team is misinformation as a general rule. Um, I don't trust anything that comes out of the sharks camp on an official basis because it's been proven to be deliberately false on every single occasion since, uh, the beginning of time, you know, well, I, I, I take it. I would take is with injury. Inf- right. Correct. 
you know, and listen, this close to the playoffs, especially, um, you know, I, th- I think that the, I mean, the initial word out was that, you know, quote, it was brutal, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, no, it's true. Guy's going to miss some time. Yeah. He's going to miss some time. You know, could be several games, could be longer than that. You know, maybe he's going to be back. Maybe he's going to be back. I don't see any reason. Same organization, to too, that denied reports from Czech media uh, outlets that Tomas Hurdle was going to miss the rest of the Stanley Cup final. Deliberately denied them. Yeah. Deliberately denied true reporting, which yeah. is, in my opinion, shameful. That's disgusting yeah. because, it, yeah, they tried to smear a legitimate reporter. You know, that's the kind of organization that we're talking about here, which, you know, whatever, that, you know, that's not something that any other organization wouldn't right. do. I mean, it's, they're, just the covering, they're covering their, they're going to cover their, their rear, so to speak, with that. They don't want right. to give any, any kind of insight into their opponents, although I would argue if everybody was more transparent, it would be better because everybody would be having access to the same information. Uh, but, you know, that's a, that's a journalistic slash philosophical uh, pod. That's on our other, other podcast. Exactly. Uh, the, but the point being that just because the Sharks say something doesn't mean that it is so when it comes to injury information. Right. So read into that whatever you want. Um, I'm not taking it at face value. So uh, it's serious news because, listen, the Sharks were already not playing well. They are in really, really deep trouble if Logan Couture is not playing. And they're in yeah. really, really, really deep trouble if Logan Couture and Mark Edward Vlasic are not playing. Now, I know that the Sharks said that he was not playing because of the flu. Again, your mileage may vary. Uh, you know, Kevin Kerr said that he saw uh, Vlasic, you know, walking funny out of the, the locker room uh, in Dallas on Friday night. Listen, like Joe Pavelski, Kevin Kerr is not a doctor. Right. I trust his ability to know how people walk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's an observation. <laughs> when he, he said, about. I saw a player in the locker room, that's okay. I'm like, that's, yeah. I, take I'm it. willing to believe that. I, I trust Kevin Kurz here more than I trust the Sharks. Yeah. That's on record. You can quote <laughs> me on that. Uh, that's concerning. And given what, you know, Marcus and I have already talked about, what I wrote about in that piece about Vlasic's potential injury concern, which it to- which I believe to be a separate lingering uh, injury, uh, you know, it's it's not good. And, it, you know, if, if these are seri- at all serious uh, injuries, and probably more so potentially with Vlasic than Couture, because Couture's would be, you know, maybe a jaw, a jaw type thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That... This is the type of serious stuff where you start thinking, okay, well, maybe, maybe it's just not happening this year. Maybe it's not happening. And I think they're two of the guys that, you know, I think, I think there are a few guys on the team that they really don't have a replacement for. I've, I've got a piece coming up tomorrow uh, talking about Joe Thornton's decline this year and kind of comparing it with a decline, a similar decline Henrik Lundqvist's experiencing, obviously pegged to the game tomorrow against the Rangers. Uh, I'm not just writing about Henrik Lundqvist, although, you know, you can't blame uh, me looking at looking at that guy's eyes. You you, you certainly you can see it in his eyes. <laughs> um, you know, but I I would say that I think of you know the guys on the Sharks that are probably the most uh, irreplaceable. I would argue Vlasic and Kachar are two of four, if not or two of the five. I probably throw Burns. Um, I would I would still throw Thornton in there, even because again you've seen the decline this year and how they've suffered by not having someone to step up offensively there. And then I'd probably say Joe Pavelski. Right. Um, or those five are, guys. Are the if five you have guys. one of those guys missing, you, like, you're in 
you're, I don't want to say you're screwed, but like you're in a very you're dangerous. pretty close. But you lose two of those guys, and I think yeah, you're and then you're and then you're screwed. Um, you're screwed in a playoff series. You're screwed. Yes, you know, maybe, I think, you know, I, I I tweeted something to the effect of, uh, you know, somebody was in a conversation with someone from on from the fear of the fin account. I'm saying, listen, I don't think they're going to be winning a whole lot of games. And someone's like, oh, I didn't realize that Logan Couture and Mark Edward Vlasic were the whole team. It's like, well. Listen, you know, they're smart ass. They're, they're pretty they're, – it, listen, in a salary cap league, you can't lose two of your top five guys and expect to win a whole lot of hockey games. Now, I don't, I, I don't yeah, know what to tell you. I agree. And I think – and it'll be interesting to see what his usage is tomorrow night. I'd be interested to explore that a little deeper after the game. Um, we did see Tomas Hurdle last year kind of play that second-line center role while Couture was out. We also saw Patrick Marlowe play that role I wonder if you're maybe going to see again you know based on the lines today probably shouldn't expect it based on who he was playing with you know, he's playing I believe with Marcus Sorensen and Joel Ward uh Tomas right. was but you know if they if they rearrange the lines and he's playing with Don Skoy and Ward or Don Skoy and um another player maybe a Don Skoy and Carlson I think you could see Hurdle almost used I don't want to say as a replacement but as a uh, a poor man's Logan Couture you know Hurdle did very well as in the little bit of stretch that he had as a second line center last year. Um, and uh, I think, you know, this will be a good test for him to see if, okay, if he can play that kind of couture role and drawing the opponents uh, top, top forwards. I don't think Patrick Marlowe is the, the center to do it. Uh, he's not played a lot of center this year. I believe uh, in Kurz's report today, he said they, that um, Marlowe's played about five games at center this year. The last being against Philadelphia when couture was out. Um, so I think, I think Couture, they can have a, almost a like for like replacement Mark Edward Vlasic. There's nobody else that can fill, uh, the role he has and play, um, the shutdown minutes like he has. Um, it would require DeBoer to use his defense a lot differently than he's done so far this season. They don't have someone that can just slide in and play with Justin Braun. It would require some creativity. Maybe you give, uh, Brent Burns some tougher quality of competition here, uh, which, you know, yeah, or maybe, or maybe you have Martin and Braun kind of form almost a, a shutdown pairing. Um, Which you also don't want to do. Right. I mean, there's, there's not a lot there of great no good options here. There are no good options. It's, it's about finding the best of the bad options to stay above water. Uh, the good news, or what I would have said the good news was before they lost, you know, five in a, or six in a row, excuse me, is that it's a fairly soft schedule coming up. Uh, I think. The Rangers are a very flawed team, uh, and we're going to see them tomorrow night. The Sharks, yes, the Sharks struggled with them earlier in the season in October, but you know that's a team on paper that the Sharks, I think, still match up with pretty well, even with these injuries. Two games against Vancouver is going to be huge. Um, if they can get four points out of those games, that'd be very important. And then you hope for a split against Calgary and Edmonton. You go two and two in those four. Um, so basically, you're hoping that they go. What would that be? Five and two. Yeah, five. If they go two and two, which is, I'm thinking, yeah, right. four, if they go four and three down the stretch, you're thinking, okay, that's pretty good. If you if they um, go four and three down the stretch, it'll be a minor miracle. Yeah, and it'll, be a minor miracle. it'll maintain a that second or third spot. I think with the timing of these injuries, the division is pretty much out of reach at this it's, point. Yeah, that's not happening. If they um, get a second, as, as long as they as long as they hang on to one of these division spots and they play Edmonton, it's it's fine. Yeah. Which at this point seems like a better matchup than playing Calgary anyway, if we're being honest with ourselves. Yes, yes. I know, agree. Frankly, the way that Edmonton's playing and the way Calgary's playing, you know, 
Uh, it stinks to not win the division. Uh, at the same time, I don't really care about winning a division title. Yes, yeah. and and at the same, it, it, if we're being honest with ourselves, if these injuries are serious, the Sharks aren't going to do a whole lot in the playoffs anyway. So yeah, it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. And I think the the hope is if if you can, you know, if because I think I think Vlasic skated today. Uh, I want to say that he did skate today. But if you could kind of tread water while Couture's out until, you know, for as long as you can in that Edmonton series, the Edmonton series is a lot tougher. It's going to go a lot more games with Couture uh, out of the lineup than it would have with him in the lineup, I'd say. But, you know, I, I think they're, I don't know, any injury initially described as brutal, I think they probably, that to me seems like an injury where you're expecting him, he's not going to come back until at, at the earliest, the beginning of the postseason. And frankly, the sh- it might be in the Sharks' best interest to do that, to ensure that he's ready to go when he comes back in the playoffs. They did that last year down the stretch when they had some injuries. Vlasic was hurt. They, yep. they He came back to start the playoffs, didn't play a moment sooner. Um, and I, I think it's a good opportunity for them to maybe take advantage of some of their organizational depth and maybe give some younger players a longer look. Ryan Carpenter, Danny O'Regan, see what they have. Um, but, yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting uh, final two weeks of the season here. It's worth noting Joe Thornton also didn't skate today. Um, yes. That's, I don't know if that's concerning or if that's just a rest thing. I doubt it's a rest thing, frankly, because that doesn't happen a whole lot. Maybe, you know. He's taking some maintenance. He's taking some maintenance days right, this year. Right, uh, Chris Tierney skated today. Vlasic skated today. That's both good news. Carlson, um, too, said he's ready to go. Right. So the Barracuda played back-to-back days, and that's probably why you didn't see any of those guys called up and skating today. You know, it makes sense that they're not going to practice after playing back-to-back. Get, get, I'm not shocked by that. I think you'll see one of them at least called up tomorrow for you know a practice body, even if they don't play. Yeah. Um, so what we were seeing today is uh, Marlowe centering Bodker and Carlson, Tierney centering Donskoy and Meyer, and Hurdle uh, between Ward and Sorensen. Um. The way at least that's phrased, if that's a second, third, fourth line situation, I think that's um, – I'm trying to try to couch my criticism here, but that's that's not good. Friend of the blog. It's ungood. And his write-up, it looked more like um, Hurdle was centering the third line than Tyranny was centering the third line. For what, yeah, for that's, what that's probably accurate. Yeah, that, and I think I think that that's probably accurate uh, because they would have Ward and Sorensen on the third line. I think having Sorensen on the third line instead of Meyer is a mistake, or Sorensen on the third line instead of Donskoy is a mistake. But right, I'm not I'm not surprised given that Pete DeBoer seems to have fallen in love with this uh, mediocre man. But uh, it's the way it is. Um, Do you like that fourth line though? Uh, I think Tierney the Meyer line is good. That is a very good fourth Tierney line. Meyer if they depending on you know he'll have last change tomorrow night. He can get he can get them some zone starts on paper at least. That's a you that's know, a line with some offense. It's not going to happen, dude. He doesn't do that. No, I know. I'm just saying. That I'm saying that that's a line that has as a combo independent of the other choices in the lineup. I like those. I like the stylistic meshing of those three players. You think I about the second line: Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, and Jonas Donskoy. I agree. What do you think about the second line? It's tough. I think you're the so the way it, it seems they're going um, with the Couture injury, and we we talked a little bit off the air. We figured we thought Pavelski might get the look at center, but it seems it was going to come down to Marlowe or Pavelski 
getting to look. At least it was going to be that in practice. Now let's we'll see if maybe Ryan Carpenter gets called up tomorrow. I I could see that happening and see Carpenter getting a look on the fourth line and everyone else gets bumped up. Although I don't I don't think the Sharks are very happy with how Tomas Hurdles played lately. Um, you know, just you know, seeing some of the discussion around the team, I don't think they're very happy with the depth. So I don't see him getting promoted. Um, I'd rather see Pavelski center that second line than Marlow. Um, but I don't think they want to separate Pavelski from Thornton, knowing how much Thornton struggled this year. It's worth noting, uh, someone pointed this out to me, and I hadn't checked the numbers recently, but that Hanson Thornton Pavelski line has been awful. Uh, since Hanson came back from injury, I, I overall. Assume- Overall, I guess. Um, yeah. So, you know, we had looked at the numbers. I don't know. I, I can't remember the last time I had looked. But the last time I had looked, it, it was very good. Um, yeah. And I looked then today when this person prompted, asked me about breaking it up. Uh, and, uh, wow. Dog shit. Uh, I think it's, worth, I I think it's worth looking into. Uh, you maybe move Hanson to play with Bodker and Marlowe. And then you put Carlson on the top line. Uh might might be worth moving. Uh, in my opinion, it might be worth moving Hanson to the third line to get Hurdle going, and yeah. move Meyer to the top line. Yeah, um, I think that, I think that could work too. Yeah, Meyer with them. Meyer's a good fit up there, and maybe you know maybe that helps helps get Meyer going also. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I, at least that's something that I would think about if you're concerned about Hurdle's production. Maybe getting a guy like Hanson there that's more of a playmakery type. Maybe that helps. I think um, uh, we'll we'll see how much time he's given. You know, I think this the season. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of what DeBoer's done that certainly should and can be criticized, but he has not seemed too married to any one particular combination of three players. It's more combinations of two and then working around that. But even then, you know, Donskoy's not played with Couture for a little while now, so he's he's not too married to anybody playing together other than Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski, it seems. So, you know, another game of it not working with Hanson, I could see, uh, I could very well see him getting moved down. Uh, especially mid game, especially if they're if they're struggling tomorrow night against the Rangers, I can see him off that getting bumped off that top line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it just uh, so I have a defense pairings. I guess that's something also also worth uh, worth talking yes. about. I mean, Dylan DeMello obviously gets back. It will will continue to play. Um, there's not a lot of good options here. I think they leave Brent Burns and Paul Martin together, um, even though I know that they. The eye test hasn't been good lately. Um, I think that generally speaking, they've just been eaten alive by um, uh, shooting percentage has really been the biggest key. I know that they've given up more scoring chances recently, but I think that has to do with just generally speaking, the entire team has played poorly more so than I that pairing. Paul Martin's very high up in scoring chances against per 60. Not in the, not in the good way. Right. Uh, the team in general has been bad. Right. The team sucks right now. You know, and I think that you can focus in on on the defense or a pairing or whatever or a line. And I think it's I think it's a group effort. I don't think that necessarily it's just uh, you know Burns is. You can look listen. Burns numbers are bad there too. Vlasic's numbers are bad. Bronze numbers are bad. The only pairing that's been good is Schlemko and Dylan. And and that's, that's it. it's interesting. And I I wonder if spoiler alert. So I wonder if I I don't think we've seen this very much at least to my memory. It seems Schlemko got moved up to play with Braun last time Vlasic was out. Is that correct? I think that's I'm correct. wondering if it's worth exploring playing Schlemko with DeMello and playing Dylan with Braun tomorrow night. Uh, I don't think that's really been given a lot of run. And I just, I think 
with the strides uh, Dylan's made in his game this year, I think he'd be a better fit with Brent, Justin Braun than he has been in the past. Are you thinking playing that then as what the second, uh, as yeah. the third pairing? Braun and Dylan? That's the third pairing. That's not the, that's not the second. You think that's better than Schlemko and DeMello? Cause I, I would not say that. Schlemko and DeMello is, be- is, the, is better. I, w- I wouldn't say that. Schlemko is better than, than Dylan is. Schlemko is, is not the sixth. Then you, use, then you use Schlemko and DeMello as the second pairing and you use Braun and Dylan together. I just think they need. I can't. I, to, to me, Schlemko is the guy that gets promoted, not Dylan. If, if, that, if, there's a, if somebody gets promoted. I personally, because listen, Dylan's right. good, uh, but Schlemko's better. Again, I, I'm not saying he's not a worse player. I just I wonder because it did not seem that Schlemko I didn't I haven't looked at the numbers of them together, but from that Minnesota game, I'm not sure how good of a fit Schlemko and Braun were together. I think it might. I think it's yeah. you've got time to experiment. I think it's worth experimenting and seeing. Like, well, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if you play those guys together. I agree with that. There are no good options. All yeah. the options are bad. I mean, maybe the thing is you don't have a true second or third pairing, and you do more of a two A two B situation. That's what I. That's what I think, though. And like, just depending. Yeah, and on you're probably you're probably right. Depending on the matchup, you know, okay, Dylan and Braun maybe are against. I don't know who what kind of players they're going to play against, but I just I wonder. I think because if you're not going to break up Burns and Martin, I think you've got to experiment with the other two. It's also worth noting that um, the Rangers defensively are just awful. Yeah. Not great. Uh, I mean, they're the the worst in the league, right? They got they're at least bottom three because they've got on the blue line. Yeah, they've got the worst blue line in the NHL, right? It's got to be bottom. Well, now that Girardi's not playing, I don't know because Girardi was scratched last game. Um, Oh, he was scratched last game. Oh, I didn't realize that. I was because I was going to write that in my article about, but it seems Brady's disappointing. Taking a big step for them. He's in his rookie season. Um, They're still scratching Adam Quendenning, much to the chagrin of my. Uh, friend who's a huge Rangers fan. Uh, he's he's analytically woke, as they say. So he he doesn't like when they're scratching the best puck possession guys to play pylons like Tanner Glass and and Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein, Mark Stahl are still playing, but since they've acquired Brendan Smith at the deadline and Shea's played well enough that um, it seems again this was as of last game. Girardi did not play against. Girardi the played against the Kings. He did play against Kings, but did not play against the Ducks. And there were some. There were Girardi's some, played in 57 games this year, man. There were some right there were some write-ups from New York. Girardi's still playing. Again, did not play last game. Write-ups from the New York media, the traveling reporters saying that it may the time may have finally come where Dan Girardi's getting benched. We'll see. They lost that they lost that game. Girardi didn't play, so there's a there's a good chance Vigneault um, goes back to Girardi. I would say that if Dan Girardi, Mark Stahl, and Kevin Klein are in the lineup, then I would say they have one of the three worst blue lines in the league, yes. All right. Because one of those guys is in a top four role, by definition, if you're playing six defensemen. <laughs> and we think, hey, it's not we so think bad. The Sharks have it bad now. How bad could it be? Come on, baby. It's not so bad. We think the Sharks have it bad now. Uh, classic in the lineup. At least there's no Girardi, Stahl, and Kevin Klein. Uh Hey, it could be worse. The Sharks could have Roman Polak. Yeah, oh man. What that's what they did last year. They just moved Polak up to play with I think Polak played with Braun last year when Vlasic was hurt. Or maybe Polak played with DeMello. I can't the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, he Polak yeah, Polak played the whole time. So yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get to see some Dylan DeMello. Uh 
a lot more. He's, he's played. Dylan DeMello's good. Yeah, he's played. He's played well this year. He was good last year. He's been good again this year. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see uh, how it's how he's used tomorrow. I think. Yeah, like I said, they are. You lose two of those players, you're screwed. Yeah. Let's talk about the Michael Haley yeah. suspension. Though. Pretty. One game. What do you think? He was a guaranteed to get one game. That's what he I got. Think par for the course, given the the way the NHL hands out suspensions. That's not to say the way the NHL hands out suspensions is particularly good. Uh, it's just this is. Cons- I think we can agree that regardless of the suspension going into it, we would say the way the NHL hands out suspensions is bad. Yeah, that is factually accurate. Yeah, the the you know. Repeat offenders are punished more, of course, but you know there's not a lot of leeway for someone who's not a repeat offender who does something uh, pretty bad to get more than what the mechanisms in place allow him to get. Um, it's also worth noting, by the way, that while Michael Haley is not a repeat offender, he was a key contributor to that absolute shit show game between the Islanders and Penguins and received nothing for it. Interesting. Do you remember that game? Yes. You know yeah, yeah. I'm talking about right. He he led that game in penalty minutes and got nothing. Something happened with Crosby that game, right? Right. Uh, well, I don't know if I, I can't remember if Crosby wasn't how but it, it was like a was. total gone show at the like end of the, it was like Haley late got, Haley had, right. Haley had three penalty majors in that game and got a game misconduct and did not get a suspension. Wow, that's interesting. Um, that's something that nobody in San Jose talks about. That's something that right. is like. Hey, hey, what's the big deal, right? And like, right. listen, I, I know that that's a thing where Haley's basically just doing what he's told, and that's a long time ago, whatever. But right. but it's know, still that, it's still a part of the history. Again, it's important context. It happened, all right. Yeah. And, and again, that doesn't that is part. Of, my point being, he's not a repeat offender, but that happened. Yeah, of course, and that should be taken into account. Uh, <laughs> and it's not taken into account. It's no, the Welcome than, to the NHL. I thought he should have got more than a game. Um, you know, I think, I think your post on the site touched on, I agreed with it. It touched on, uh, you know, made some, the points about the Haley suspension, the yarn crow kit, the yarn crow kit was bad in my eyes, Quite bad. as was yep. the Haley punch. Good. I thought they both should have been punished. Um, you know, I, I actually saw a suggestion in the comments that I really liked. Uh, uh, someone said that they think the NHL yep. should just make boarding penalties and double minor across the board to get rid of them. Uh, I think that's definitely worth exploring from the NHL's perspective. I actually, I read that. Especially because I think boarding penalties are so avoidable. Yeah. They just are. Just don't hit a guy from behind. I mean, his, uh, like, I I thought that Jan Krug's hit was more of a kind of a glancing blow type thing where I thought it was uh, on the scale of boarding penalties, less egregious than a lot of others I've seen, but it's also so, so avoidable. And so reckless. And so like, you know, like he lined his, he lined his numbers up, man. Numbers, you, you don't hit him. You can't hit a guy when you see his numbers. It, 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 it doesn't it, matter it, if his follow through hits Haley's shoulder. Like he, it, do, it does not matter. Yeah, he hit it him in the matter. numbers. Especially um, with Haley crouched over like that, it's just that's. It's a that's, bad position to hit a guy. You just yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's a, a bad it's position. A ter- to hit it's a terrible hit. Bad judgment. The yep. uh, in, the ensuing. Lot, uh, there was a lot of bad judgment that went on in that sixty seconds of, of yes. Of Why bad judgment, uh, to quote Ron Burg- Burg- Burgundy, boy, that escalated quickly. Uh, it sure, it really did. It, uh, so a lot, lot of stuff happening there. Escalated extremely quickly. Um, other than the yard, I mean, given how the NHL punishes guys who haven't been suspended before, and I mean, he got, you know, he was punished within the rules of the game. He was punished within the, 
the league's uh, suspension. I thought it was interesting and in that their release that they referred to it as a sucker punch. Uh, that's how I viewed it. I know there was some disagreement in the comments um, about whether or not it constituted a sucker punch, but it was interesting nonetheless to see the NHL um, take that, you know, tact in their initial release. I think it's, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I mean, it's the right thing all around. It probably should have been a, a few more games, but I think, um, you know, the hope is that going forward, of course, that, you know, both players involved, but, you know, Haley too, learn that, you know, you just can't like in that moment, you know, have a little more control of your emotions and, uh, you know, not want to get the best of you in, in that sense. Um, and hopefully that was communicated to him uh, by the league office, but they're going to be without Michael Haley for a game. And it's interesting, of course, that that game is going to come when they're missing one of their, you know, three best forwards. So any, any gains to the forward depth uh, on paper are almost entirely, uh, if not completely mitigated. Yep. Uh, I think he should have gotten five games. That's what I would have done just right yeah. off the bat, yeah. just because I think that that's totally reckless. And uh, some, just something that the league should send a message about that you can't go doing stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, to me, it's like, you know, I, I, it's, you know, whatever you call, you can call it a sucker punch or not call it a sucker. It doesn't matter. I, hitting a guy that does not want to fight you right. is something you can't yeah, do. You can't do. It's, it's totally gutless, you know, yeah. like, listen, if you want to drop the gloves with the guy and fight the guy, you yeah. take your five minute major. That's what you do. If the guy's like, I'm not fighting you, you don't get to punch the guy. Uh, to me, the most disappointing thing really out of all of this was Pete DeBoer's comments. I thought that was totally, again, yeah. just, it's something that an NHL coach cannot say. And I thought he should have been fined for it, frankly. And I'm, I'm disappointed the league didn't do that. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. find him, suspended him, whatever. It's, that's pathetic. Yeah, I thought, um, it was, uh, I thought it was, I mean, it was very surprising. I, I sat there kind of slack-jawed after, and again, no pun intended there. I'm not making light of someone getting Nice. Hit. Well played. Awful. Awful, awful time. Man. Um, I just sat there, you know, mouth agape, like, Man, he said he actually said that. I was I was in shock because it's, you know, he's he's had quips before, but nothing really to that extent. Uh, and I think I think it's a, it was coming from a place of emotion of I'm going to protect my player uh, and defend him because I know I can speak to his character and I know him not as, and you know I don't know what he saw. Maybe to him it looked more like that it was you know, it was it was about to turn into a fight or it already was a fight. Clearly to to you and I watching it was not. Um, so yeah, I was also disappointed to, to hear those comments as well. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what history the NHL has finding their coaches. You certainly don't hear about it as much as you do in the NBA, uh, when coaches get fined, uh, criticizing, officiating or, or making comments. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. So that's that. And that's just, again, that's something I don't, I don't want to say one way or the other. Cause I just, I truly do not know that history of coaches getting fined in the NHL. Uh, the, the quote, uh, cause we didn't actually say it was, uh, when you run someone from behind in a game like that, you probably deserve to get a punch in the mouth, which yikes. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's after the game to the media, right. When you've had time to compose yourself and, uh, listen, whether you feel that way or not, isn't even really relevant. Don't, you don't have to say it. Yet. You know, listen, there, there comes a time in, uh, in every human adult's life, when you learn, there's a there's a time to shut the fuck up. Time, there's a time and a place for everything, and I, that was not the time. That, that, the time. that was not the time. Wasn't the place. You know, you can you can go to you can go to Haley after the game and be like, "Hey, man, listen, 
uh, maybe don't do that next time, but you did the right thing or whatever yeah. you want to say. You can say whatever yeah. you want to Michael you don't Haley. Need to send that message in the media. I agree. Nope. Yeah. And nope. So that really, that really capped off what was a really, 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 really bad weekend for the Sharks. Yes. Um, yeah. Made, yeah, that, that whole, you know, you have that happen. You have Kasher leave, taking a puck to going the- to the hospital, you know, yeah. and then after that, it's like, he says that next thing is, oh, hey, Kasher went to the hospital. It's like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. the question after, like, update on Kasher, he's like, oh, I don't know. I always take it to the hospital. Everyone's just kind of like, what? Like. All right. Murphy's Law at that point had taken over. Uh, Sweet. Worth noting, too, in addition on the Couture injury that his father tweeted, uh, you know, former, I think he's maybe a current NLL ref. He's, I know he's a lacrosse ref. Uh, Chet Couture tweeted uh, that the By the way, can we, can we note that there's nothing in the world less surprising to me that Logan Couture's dad is a lacrosse ref named, named Chet. Chet. Yeah, just like great. oh yeah, that's, a, Ted Couture is a great follow on Twitter too. I enjoy uh, absolutely. I, I enjoy I the remember. peripheral figures of shark of the sharks. You know, Grandma Pavelski, Christina yep. Marlowe, uh, Chet Couture. There, that's like the Rushmore of like. I was just gonna say that's the Mount Rushmore of peripheral sharks followers. Like sharks yeah, family member follows. Like that's that's those are those those are the guys you have to top. Uh, yep, the, the man and the women you got to top. That's um, true. The people. Yes, the, the human. The human beings. Um, but yes, he, he, so he said that it was pretty ugly. Um, he said it was an ugly injury, I believe, to directly quote his tweet. Um, so that, again, worth noting. Uh, I th- you think that's, you know, if there are any reservations about how the Sharks are uh, describing it, that's coming straight from the, as close as you can get to the source's mouth. Uh, again, no pun intended. You just bro- are you sh- Come on! The dude had to go to the hospital, and you're going bad. with that? The church tweeted oh. though today that he he's, he'll be back as soon as he can. Thanks to the fans for all their support and their best wishes. I mean, I he's gonna be he'll be back before like I I see him being back not before the regular season, but before the shark season ends, he will be back. Yeah. Knock on wood. I just did. Let me rephrase. He will do whatever in his best efforts too, because that guy sure as hell does not want to miss a postseason. He does not. After the year he had last year, does not want to miss postseason. That poor guy has really had a rough go of it these last couple of years. But he's, you know, what's amazing is that through it all, and, and probably should write something about this. Just, it's really been a rough couple of years for him in terms of injuries. But he has played so phenomenally well in spite of of yeah shitty luck that he has had. Um, you know, even in the if you include not just these past two years, but the year before that. Uh, and he, actually, even the year before that, he really had that run, that slump where he had that really bad uh, that shooting luck spell. Yeah. Um, he's really just worked his butt off and has really done such an incredible job for this team through it all. And it's never at, – at no point in that time has he ever really gotten uh, – been the guy for this team, um, which, you know, you know, it's just – it's kind of incredible how, uh, how, how good he's been for this team this year. I mean, listen, if it's not for Logan Couture, the power play is probably 30th in the league this year, which I think is also <laughs> something, load, something worth noting. Him and Marlowe have been pretty much the lone bright spots of the power play. Yeah, like him and Marlowe are the only things that have been good on this power play this entire year. And that's more of like an eye testing. I actually don't know what the numbers are, but like watching the power play, it's like, wow, Logan Couture and Patrick Marlowe, they look good out there. Yeah, I uh, I think he's he's definitely had some terrible luck. What, didn't he break his leg like in practice? Like Yes. Or like, like fractured a, an ankle, like, like a divot in the ice or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and a puck to the face, like you go to the front of the net. Burn shot. 
Yeah, to screen the goalie. And I believe it was deflected too, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you will you cannot have worse luck than him, but he's he's bounced back uh each time and I I've got no doubt that when he does come back he's gonna play play very well. Played his best hockey of the season last year and the yep. in the postseason. We had the Sharks won. Should have been, you know, could have been the Con Smythe winner. Yeah, yeah, who would have been my vote if they if uh if they had won, absolutely. Uh so Sucks to see it happen to a guy like that. But, I mean, it would have sucked for anybody, but just especially a guy that's you know really just played so well yeah. this year. Just not, it wouldn't uh, have it wouldn't have sucked to for it to happen to us. True, I, a thought <laughs> echoed by thousands, millions. Yes. Of people. Yeah, the number grows every single day. Yeah, I really hope the Sharks win tomorrow. Get yes, be, shit. it's gonna be a fun game. It's gonna be uh, the, the Rangers or I don't know about that. But, I'm excited uh, to see the Green Hill. They're a they're an interesting team because their defense is just abysmal, but their forward group is really really intriguing. I like their forwards a lot. Uh, Mika Zbigniewicz missed some time with injury, but he's a very good player. They got him for nothing, and Derek Broussard. Um Michael Grabner's having like an insane season compared to what he's had. In- Hope that lasts. Yeah, he's not only is he scoring more, but he's shooting more than he has over the last couple of years. Uh, but he also is driven almost entirely by an insane on-ice shooting percentage. Um, I learned today that TJ Oshie's not speaking of the Rangers, but he's a free agent this year. He's shooting over 20%. He has, in fairness, though, uh, has played uh, – he's, he's played well this year, man. His, his primary, points per, primary points per 60, I think he's a uh, top top five in the NHL this year. Yeah. I Listen, I, I get it. Uh, you know, shooting percentage is crazy, but a lot of, uh, a lot of primary assists too. TJ Oshie's at the point now where he was so overrated for now him. underrated. Now yeah. He's now everyone's like TJ Oshie, sneaky good. Like, I I hate TJ Oshie for this. I think he's. A, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I, I what has he made me do? I hate the idea of TJ Oshie. The you know putting him on the pedal still up through the shootout performance when they didn't even win a medal. As awesome yep. as it was, but like you know putting him into the echelon. I hate TJ Oshie. Right. Yeah, TJ. TJ Oshie. I hate him. I hate. Yeah, I hate TJ Oshie, Geico-sponsored athlete. Right. Uh, TJ Oshie, cup winner. Yeah. yeah. Good, Could good be worse. Good fit with Ovechkin and Backstrom, I think. If you're going to create – if you want to forward in a lab. Oh, wow. it's gonna... Yeah, I actually think I'd be a great fit with Ovechkin <laughs> and Backstrom too. <laughs> I could score one goal if I played 20 minutes a night with them for PDP games. I could score one, yep. goal, for one goal. I'm confident. I could score more than that. Don't sell yourself short. I'm I'm going to. I'm gonna couch keep the expectations low so that when I score Good 10, idea. sell sell low. <laughs> Undersell over deliver. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which Absolutely. is Absolutely. That's gonna look good when you go to arbitration. <laughs> when they win the Stanley Cup and uh don't have that first round draft pick, man, we're gonna look stupid as hell. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh okay. And who else they got? I can't wait to do this again. Alberta, right? That's it. And then Vancouver on Sunday. Like a vacation. (sighs) Yep. The Western Canada trip. Yep. So anyone even going to show up to this game tomorrow? (laughs) Well, the attendance is not going to be good. I think you got a good shot with the Rangers being in town. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Rangers fans. You're right. That's what I mean. That's why I mean the attendance being good. Um, yeah, you're right. All right, I misspoke. Are any Sharks fans going to show up tomorrow? We'll see. It's going to be. It's an interest. An interesting time to try and sell those tickets. 
Yeah, they've lost six in a row, and two of their best players are gone. But, but, but. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, shout out to all my friends in the Sharks ticketing department. Love you guys. Godspeed. Uh, game day staff. We're drinking one for you tomorrow night. The chum for everybody, all right? And uh, maybe something stronger than that. Uh, How many uh, – we, we do this every week on the pod. Before we wrap, I think we should do uh, the Arendelle over-under on starts this week. Good idea. Uh, all right, hang on. Let me pull up the let me pull up the schedule so I can actually get a get a fair a fair look. I don't want to do Off this. Off the top cold. of the dome, they play uh, tomorrow night. They play the Rangers Thursday night. They play in Edmonton Friday night in Calgary Sunday in Vancouver. Hmm. Let's set the over under at one and a half. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I'll take the over. I think that he'll play in Vancouver because uh, hometown boy. He's played. Isn't he from BC? No, that's uh, Jones is from BC. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's in Vancouver, though. He's played really well in Vancouver. Okay. I'm going to take the under. I think he starts the second half of the back-to-back. That's it. Where's Del from again? I think he's from Alberta. Ah. Uh, He's from right outside Calgary, so I think he gets the Calgary game. Shit. Yeah, whatever. Same shit. No, he's not going to play in a Calgary. You think he plays in the Calgary game? I think that's the game he gets, yeah. Second night of a back-to-back. Wasn't the issue the last time they played against the Flames. Uh, I think he gets that game for sure. Not for sure, but I think. I'm going to look. Yeah, you wanna? Yeah, man, I had really bad luck with the goalie guessing game on this uh, on this road trip. Man, I guessed wrong. I think three games in a row, like literally guessed like definitively. Oh yeah, Arundel will start this game. Ah shit, that was wrong. Ah, Martin Jones starts this game. Nope, Arundel starting. It was uh, whew. I believe it was a. I had a I real believe Dell played oh. every game of the season series against the Stars. And he also did that against the Flyers, the Islanders, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Aaron Dell made uh, 17 out of 18 saves against the Canucks in uh, on March 2nd for a 944 save percentage. I think he started to get them again. Okay, I, th- I think because of the losing streak, he gets he only gets the one game on Alberta. But if they win the two before uh, two, if they win two of those three before his start, or two of those games before his start, I could see it happen. My hope is that the Anaheim Ducks really just crater just, here in the Sharks. Yeah, they just they just start. Anyway. You know, they they've played a little better. Um, you know, you you look at their twenty five game rolling average. They're not like playing as well as I think this run would indicate. Um, the team who's not played well of late is Edmonton. You look at their twenty five game rolling average in puck possession, and it is a decline throughout the rest of the season. They've uh they've played a tougher schedule. Anaheim's played an easier schedule. I think that accounts for some of it. Picking up Ryan Reeves has really helped them. I also think you're seeing uh, Edmonton's youth come into play where um guys are getting Patrick, tired. Not Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves is the enforcer for the oh, so, Sorry, sorry, Patrick Eve. Sorry, I was you're saying, right. Well, right. <laughs> more like uh, uh something about busting. Yeah, yeah, out of face face. busting. Right? I don't know. Uh, hey, can we talk? Let's talk about the Ducks real quick. I uh, our good friend of, friend of the blog Dom, who you should follow on uh, follow on Twitter. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. He does uh, lots of good fancy stats. He did uh, he does game scores and stuff. Um, so he did, did a thing today where he did top lines and pairings by game score. Um, 
big, uh, big proponent of the Predators as the uh, dark horse of the playoffs. Um, we're the only team to have one of the top five lines and top five pairings. Uh, me, being someone who doesn't care about good teams and only cares about bad things, uh, <laughs> asked for the worst lines and pairings. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks do have the wor- one of uh, is it the worst one of the worst lines in hockey. Uh, the Chris Wagner, Nate Thompson, Jared Bull line. So yeah. they have that going for them. You think the you think the four of them play the three of them play in the postseason? All three of them play. Ah, if if God is real. <laughs> yeah, if the hockey guys so, want to pay the Sharks back for the injuries they've faced, Randy Carlisle will you know fail to put the toast in the toaster and keep that keep that lie together. Absolutely, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, one more note. Uh, percentage for the uh, playoffs right now, according to HockeyViz.com, is Edmonton 43, Calgary 24, Anaheim 17, St. Louis 6%. So it's looking like a Todd McClellan rematch in the first round. Yeah, I hope you're ready to get swept by Todd McClellan because of all the shit that Sharks fans talked after he left. <laughs> those, people, those people deserve it, so. That's going to be... Any person who thought Todd McClellan was the problem in San Jose. Hmm. Gotta, yeah, sure, it'll be fun. McDavid could very quickly uh, endear himself in San Jose to the treatment Crosby gets in all the cities in the Metropolitan Division uh, after a playoffs after a playoff series. Uh, the boot he will not uh, not get booed at SAP for much longer. I predict. What makes you say that? I just think he's gonna. They whenever a good player comes to town like that on a team on a rival, I think I think the booze the booze rain down. Well, I guess we'll see. He'd probably be the first Oiler booed since Chris Pronger, but that was more of a Chris Pronger thing, not really a, an Edmonton Oilers thing. I think there's another Oiler that's going to get booed a little bit. Who? I think you're forgetting about the most important guy on the team, the glue guy. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm forgetting. Baby. Who? That guy's going to get Milan Lucic. That guy's oh, getting that guy's get, Lucic is, Lucic getting, is yeah. getting booed. Yeah, by the end, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to hear it. Uh, yeah. I hope Logan Couture hits him again, and then Couture laughs on his way to the bench as Lucic like, fruitlessly scrambles yeah. to try and do something to him. <laughs> Pouts all the way to the bench. That was a, that was a, that was a tone setter for 2015-16. When, not saying it had any like tangible effect on the Sharks winning the Cup or beating LA in the postseason, but narratively, I think it did. Ah, oh, man. Huh. Sometimes I watch that and just, ah, you know? Yeah. The good, good old thing. A year ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. There have been, so, listen, maybe this season wasn't so great, you know, the whole scheme of things. But uh, remember that one time when Jonathan Quick was out for almost the entire season because he threw a temper tantrum and attacked the Sharks in the yeah, first game remember, of the season? Missing the playoffs. I do, uh, I do remember. Yeah. Could be. The Sharks could have, worse. They could have acquired Ben Bishop and Jerome Ginla and then still missed out on the postseason. Hey, things aren't great right now, but uh, Kings are going to miss the playoffs, guys. That's fun. Yep. <laughs> wow, that's still pretty good. Kings will have missed the playoffs two of the last three years. Ooh. That's a, that's a fun Daryl Sutter stat. Ah. Being a fun Remember stat. Remember when Daryl Sutter uh, attacked one of the members of the media about they didn't know where the team was going to finish like two weeks ago. Yeah, I did. The, I did. yeah, remember that when Daryl yeah, Sutter like acted like he knew stuff. 
the great Twitter account that exposes uh, cold takes. They should they should find that and tweet that to them. I might do that. Uh, last stat before I go. Marlowe, he scores two more goals this year. He'll have more goals in his age 35 to 37 seasons than Wayne Gretzky did at the same ages. You know, what I take away from that is that Patrick Marlowe is actually a better player than Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, that's what that's that's why I tweeted it. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky sucks. That's because <laughs> he's a king. <laughs> Yuck. He was an and a division rival oiler. Ew. Gross. <laughs> uh, Wayne Gretzky, worst hockey player or worst hockey coach? Hmm. Hard to say. Hard. We'll pick up on that next time. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, hopefully next time we talk, the Sharks will have won a game and they'll be healthy. One of those. Who knows? <laughs> uh, okay, this was fun. This was more fun than any of those Sharks' last six hockey games. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. All right. Uh, you can follow Marks on Twitter at Marcus P. White. Don't follow me on Twitter or to at me, please. <laughs>